Welcome back to another fireside chat here at the Freight Waves Net Zero Carbon Summit. Our focus today, all about getting closer to those sustainability goals as an industry, really just as a population as a whole. Very excited to bring you this fireside chat with Jetin Marichli, who is the CEO and co-founder over at Locomation. Locomation is a company that I've been watching since I started here at Freight Waves. And everything that they do just kind of all inspires me a little bit when it comes to moving the industry forward from goals, sustainability, all of the above. So Chetan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you as part of the Net Zero Carbon Summit. Thanks so much, Kaylee. And thanks for having me as well as for your very, very kind words. So for maybe our folks who aren't so familiar with Locomation, give us just a little bit of background about the company, what you guys do, how you kind of started this entire idea. So uh, Locomation is a Pittsburgh-based autonomous technology company founded in 2018 by myself and four of four other robotics experts from Carnegie Mellon University's National Robotics Engineering Center. We all come from the AI and uh, robotics background. We've fielded, deployed uh, probably more autonomous vehicles than any other team in the world. And at Locomation, we are on track to be the first company to deploy autonomous trucking technology safely, legally, and routinely in co- commercial operations at scale across the United States. When we first started, uh, we saw the most practical path to fully autonomous operations is using existing uh, AB technology to augment rather than to replace or displace human drivers. We focused on freight trucking and uh, went after its biggest pain points, in particular, the need for more supply chain capacity and lower carbon emissions. As we all know, the demand for freight is just going up and pandemic accelerated everything by probably five years or so, but the trends were going up anyways. And uh, the capacity is always um, always uh, in a crunch mode. So that's uh, that's what we are doing at at Locomation. In a nutshell, of course, we can we can expand on every every point uh, substantially. So today's summit, we're focused all on kind of moving the industry forward from a greener standpoint, becoming more greener, becoming more sustainable. And to understand that, we need to understand where the industry as is at as a baseline. So let's talk a little bit about greenhouse gas emissions and how big of a player they are coming directly from trucking. Excellent question. And the situation is really, really dire there. Most most people don't know the, the numbers, but they are quite, uh, quite astounding. About one third of all greenhouse gas emissions uh, come from um, transportation. A, uh, about uh, 80%, a little bit over 80% of all those uh, come from road transportation. And about quarter of the road transportation greenhouse gas emissions come from medium and heavy duty trucking. So that is uh, that is where we are focusing on. That is uh, the, sec- the the vertical that's rapidly growing due to the recent explosion in, in e-commerce and uh, advanced manufacturing techniques. So locomotion's technology and services platforms are designed to, to deliver safe autonomous solutions such as uh, two-track convoys, as I, as I mentioned, as a a starting point on our path to autonomous future and freight optimization. And our uh, overall uh, product offering looks to uh, reduce the greenhouse gas emissions by a whopping 22%, directly speaking to these quite high numbers that are coming directly from the the heavy-duty trucks. So I was recently at the Transportation Intermediaries Conference in San Diego and watched a panel all about 
future of autonomous vehicles, and I'm actually moderating a panel this upcoming week at AUVSI, once again about commercialization of autonomy. And in this space, both the panel that I went and the panel that I'm planning on moderating really touched on this efficiency and the moderation of greenhouse gases and the savings that you can get from deploying autonomous technology. Can you talk about how that autonomous technology truly works when it comes to a reduction of greenhouse gas emissions? Is it just more efficient in the accelerating and braking process? Therefore, there's not as many emissions coming out of the truck. Tell me a little bit about that. There are uh, three main uh, contributors to, to greenhouse gas emission reductions through the use of locomotion's autonomous technology. And these are the, the, the top uh, contributors. The first one is in our uh, convoy, human-guided uh, autonomous convoy concept, there are two trucks following each other very closely on the highway. And uh, two trucks following each other closely ends up uh, creating a drafting uh, and aerodynamic efficiencies so that both trucks actually end up saving roughly 8 to 10 percent of fuel because of that. That's what's happening on the road. Of course, being able to drive more gently, being able to center the lane, accelerating gently, braking uh, properly, these all contribute, but none of them contribute up to like 8 or 10 percent. These are nice conveniences. The other uh, parts that our technology contributes to that's super important is from our um, trade optimization and scheduling backend, with the help of proper optimization and scheduling of the trucks, the drivers, the trailers, the loads, uh, we are able to reduce idling significantly because uh, the trucks don't basically uh, spend overnight at the rest stops idling or don't spend hours and hours idling, uh, waiting for a lot. Everything is uh, scheduled uh, in a very optimized way. And we also reduce and uh, in some cases eliminate empty and deadhead miles. So these three uh, big buckets combined give us uh, around 22% reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. And this number is, uh, we didn't come up with that number. A third party independent climate uh, uh, scientists organization uh, ran this process quantifying what is the footprint, what is the impact of locomotion's technology in terms of greenhouse gas uh, emissions. And they came up with this number based on the data and the benchmarks that they uh, they um, came up with. And then their findings were also independently reviewed by another group of climate scientists, according to the uh, climate protocols spearheaded by European Union and now being increasingly adopted uh, by United States. So you mentioned the no empty miles, reducing the deadhead, which Convoy, who is a sponsor of our Net Zero Carbon show, they're very, very passionate about that no miles promise, about that empty miles reduction, right? So let's talk a little bit about that fact when it comes to reducing those empty miles and load planning using the locomotion technology that you're mentioning. So not only is it the AV, the assisted or the following driver technology, you're also talking about building in from truly start to finish of your shipment, making it efficient from that process. Why was that really important to you guys to not only take the driving aspect, but also take everything end-to-end. -end. Yeah, it is almost a, a one-two punch. Uh, so first of all, you need to rethink the way loads are scheduled and optimized and assets are allocated in order to uh, deploy autonomous assets, be it a convoy or be it a solo driverless in the future, optimally. 
because uh, autonomous trucks will not going to be a true drop-in replacement to anything and everything human drivers are doing today for a really long time, perhaps ever. So we need to uh, change the way we are thinking about how the uh, supply chain, how the operations, how the load planning will work in order to deploy, in order to get the most ROI out of this expansive autonomous assets. So you need to do that. And that's one of the big motivators of why, why we came up with our, our proprietary uh, optimization system. The second part is there are so many inefficiencies uh, coming from the traditional way, especially the, uh, the over-the-road long-haul operations operate today. And uh, if you can characterize what are the bottlenecks, if you can characterize what are the inefficiencies, you can actually do some process improvements for, for better operational excellence there. And that also goes through interesting this scheduling and optimization methods and how you how you approach these. So if you actually take a look at how can we how can we improve the existing operations and how can we prepare the supply chain for better deployment of autonomous assets, there's a significant overlap. So hundred percent, but there's a significant overlap. So we are basically bringing our uh, our magic sauce. In the in the freight optimization and and planning part, to both prepare both uh, g- gain benefits from um, optimizing the supply chain today with the manual operations of our customers. At the same time, we are preparing them uh, frictionlessly for uh, for deploying autonomous assets when we start deploying our autonomous trucks. So for us, that makes perfect sense. And for our customers, it makes also perfect sense because we are not just looking for a relatively small near-term gain. We are starting with a near-term gain. We are connecting it to a much larger gain with the introduction of our autonomous uh, technology. So long-haul trucking and load planning is kind of that right fruit for the taking when it comes to deploying this autonomous space, right? And it's predictable. It makes sense. You're running long miles. It's hard to fill those seats with drivers who are experienced. So it makes sense to kind of build that in. And then, of course, the carbon savings is part of the bonus plan when it comes to that. Let's talk a little bit about the last mile, though. When it comes to last mile deliveries, you you see a ton of carbon impacts. You see a lot of idling. You see a lot of stop and starts, a lot of short haul routes around cities. You see trucks just kind of chilling and parking lots sometimes. How does locomation work for a handoff with the last mile? You guys aren't necessarily involved in the actual delivery space of the last mile, but how are you guys working in partnership to hand off and you take kind of your benefits and push them further down the supply chain? Uh, it is uh, in some sense similar to some of the, the optimization approaches that we are using for the, the line haul element in, in the long haul part. Uh, it, it is um, It again is driven by having an aggregate uh, view of what else is happening in the local delivery or or the local and regional activities. Uh, What needs to happen between the the real origin and where the handoff uh, is going to happen for the autonomous and and vice versa. When the autonomous assets will deliver the load and then there is another couple of miles, couple of tens of miles uh, that handoff happens, what's going to uh, what's going to happen in that last stretch? If you can look at uh, these uh, processes in t- different buckets, regional buckets and line haul buckets, and use, again, the secret sauce on each bucket properly, you can actually uh, mix and match and line up and uh, schedule 
for the optimal handling of the first and last miles, as well as the optimal handling of the line haul. So there are, uh, by, by properly uh, specializing the uh, local deliveries and line haul deliveries and coordinating them among themselves, maybe that's a good summary of it, you can actually uh, draw benefits from both the local activities and the line haul activities. It's a bit of a delicate dance, and each each little piece works together in its own way. There, it's yeah, there, it's a gi- it's a gigantic machine with a lot of gears turning. There's a lot of uncertainty. You have to you have to come up with robust enough optimization methods to handle the unexpected. What if uh, a driver gets sick, or what if a load is not ready, or what if uh, there's uh, road work and you have to reroute, and what if this and what if that? There are a number of scenarios that that you need to be prepared for. And there are probably also other scenarios that you don't even know, but they might happen. So you need to have a a wildcard response to to, to truly unexpected. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about AV and EV or alternative fuels. I feel like sometimes those are kind of talked about in their own separate entities, in their own little buckets of secret sauce, if you will. But let's talk about combining those two into the potential for one, or how do you how do you see the future of autonomous vehicles interacting with the future of alternative fuel vehicles or electric vehicles? There will be a, there will be a significant overlap and and joining forces for sure. Uh, when I'm not going to say if because I think that's that's going to happen, but when uh, alternate fuels become uh, viable uh, for heavy duty trucking operations, and some some of them like better electric heavy-duty trucks are starting to appear. Uh, they don't have longer ranges that are required by the long-haul operations, but they might be suitable for local uh, deliveries. However, uh, one important thing uh, that uh, that needs to be solved or that needs to be addressed there is the, the, uh, the duty cycle. So any new technology, initially at least, is a little bit more expensive and it Increases the upfront investment uh, from the from the fleet's point of view. So uh, it, those assets need to be utilized as much of the time as possible in order to get a, a better return on investment. So uh, ideally, we look to utilize all of our all of our trucks, all of the trucks with our technology on them, at least twenty hours. Uh, ideally, up to twenty two hours a day. So effectively, your pre trip and post trip inspection, refueling. And maybe super light maintenance, the assets should be on the road and doing revenue generating work all the time. And that is a little bit of a challenge, at least in the foreseeable future, for the alternate fuel. So for the for the battery electric uh, trucks, first, you don't have the range that's required for the long haul. And it, it takes longer to, to charge a, a truck. Uh, he, uh, fuel cell or hydrogen is very attractive, very interesting, but we don't have the infrastructure for it. We don't have the infrastructure for charging heavy-duty trucks at scale either. So what if we have thousands, tens of thousands of heavy-duty trucks? So I think that's going to happen. It's going to happen a little bit slower than most people anticipated because of the infrastructure requirements and the the chicken and egg that you have, the dilemma that you have to, to navigate there. But the good news is that our autonomous technology is completely agnostic of the powertrain. We can basically take any powertrain available to us today, and we can make it better. And for the, uh, if we are talking about complete 
the green fuel sources like uh, green electric and green hydrogen. These are also not guaranteed to be super green. We will always be interested in uh, spending less energy. So our uh, 20 over 20% reduction in energy consumption will always be an added benefit. And as long as we have to stick with the fossil fuels, significant reduction in the GHG uh, will also be very important. But we are we are ready. We are waiting for the powertrain technology to develop. Etienne, last question for you. What do you guys see as the both near and far-term future for locomation? Where are you guys going this year? Where are you guys going the next five years? So this year is, is all about... Um, finalizing our technology development so we can get to the final stretch of validation and look to launch commercially next year. So it's right around the corner for us. We are very, very excited about it. Uh, so we are deeply focused on just a, let's build this product, validate it, because we have customers waiting for us. We can't wait to, to make their operations better and help them uh, become a better version of, of, of themselves. Uh, in the next five years, we will look to uh, expand on our initial uh, launch with uh, being oper- operating on more uh, routes as well as operating with different flavors of our technology. So we will we are starting with what we call autonomous relay convoy, a two-truck, two-driver convoy system. Uh, right after that, we will look to launch our drone follower, which is a two-truck, one-driver convoy system. And uh, in the next five years, we look to deploy tens of thousands of those convoys all across the United States as we use the learnings and the real-world data from these convoys to improve and advance our uh, autonomous technology for inching towards uh, solo driverless. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you can stay tuned to us here on Freight Labs for the rest of our Net Zero Carbon Summit. It's great to have all of you viewers here as well. If you're watching us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on tv.freightwaves.com, we appreciate it so much. But still head over to live.freightwaves.com and get registered for this event through our events platform. There's still plenty of opportunity to network with our sponsors and with our demo providers, network with your other conference attendees as well. Got tons more great fireside chats on the way. If you miss any of today's content, it will all be up on demand on tv.freightwaves.com. Stay tuned.